Has it been a while since you've had an epic burger, hand-tossed pizza, hand-breaded tenderloin, seafood, craft beer, or even a handcrafted cocktail? Well, if so, the Damn Landing is the place to be. The Damn Landing is a bar and grill located on beautiful Lake Manitou that focuses on freshness and quality. On the weekends, they have the Damn Smoke, which features barbecue and fantastic steaks. In addition to those, you can wash it down with one of their 16 beers on tap, including a constant rotation of today's best microbrews and domestic flavors, or a handcrafted cocktail made using fresh ingredients. Taking the fantastic views of Lake Manitou in their beer garden or outdoor bar area, whether it be by boat or by wheels, the Damn Landing is the place to be. Located at 1305 Ewing Road in Rochester, Indiana. of your golf glove not being comfortable and durable are you tired of going through way too many golf gloves a year well folks the secret is out with circle 15 golf circle 15 golf is a brand focused on bringing two quality products and experience to the everyday golfer like you and me it's built on 25 years of tour experience featuring the genesis glove the most durable and comfortable glove available in the patented glove hub the first and only glove humidor on the market Find them and more details at circle15golf.com. And folks, just listen to that Velcro snap from the Genesis. Don't take my word for it. Go get one yourself and see why it is the most durable, comfortable glove on the market today. And get yourself a glove hub, ball marker, divot repair tool, Circle 15 hat while you're at it. Circle15golf.com. Birdie Bogey is brought to you by Noble Gnome LLC for fresh, locally grown, nutrient-dense produce from Bryce and Katie Romine of Mintone, Indiana. Like them on Facebook, follow them on Instagram, and check out their website, noblegnomellc.com. Are you looking for a trustworthy, dependable resource for your next trade show, company picnic, or sales meeting? Performer Print House has over 50 years combined experience of promotional products and commercial print. They strive for fast and efficient response to all your print needs. You need to look no further. Let them be your one-source print and promotional company and give them a call today at 574-210-3815 or email Barbara Von Weinsberg at barbara.vanweinsberg at proforma.com. Trust me, folks, I've been working with this company for a while. They got great products. Anything you need for your trade show, company picnic, or sales meeting, they got it. Any promotional products you can think of, great quality, great customer service, Give them a call today. You won't be disappointed. 574-210-3815. The J-Man's Book of Prediction of the Week is brought to you by Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance Agent Travis Watchering for life, home, auto, renters, business, workers' comp, and farm insurance. Contact Travis at 219-869-4561. His email is travis.watchering at infb.com. The Word Association segment is brought to you by Rhett Lee, Attorney at Law. Rhett Lee and the law office of Andrew Key LLC are located at 206 4th Street in Logansport, Indiana. Rhett provides legal services to the people of North Central Indiana and practices criminal defense, family law, and personal injury. If you need a lawyer who cares about your results and will fight for you, give them a call today to schedule a free consultation at 574-722-2221. What's up, Tan and J-Man Show Nation? This is Tanner Lee, one half of the Tan and J-Man Show. And on behalf of myself and my co-host, Josh, the J-Man Month, we want to thank you for listening to our podcast. While you're at it, on whatever platform you're listening on, please hit that subscribe button. And if it happens to be on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating and review. That really helps us out. If you're interested in watching our show, our show is recorded live every Monday from 6.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can catch that on the ISC Sports Network, on the free ISC Sports Network app, 
on the ISC Sports Network Facebook page and their Twitter page. While you're at it, on the social media channels, please give us a like on our Facebook page. Please give us a follow on our Twitter and Instagram page at Show. And if you want to support our podcast and look great doing so, we have a merchandise store. You can go to any of our social media pages, click the link, click J Man Show store, and you'll find whatever you're looking for, short sleeve t-shirts, long sleeve t-shirts, coffee mugs, you name it, we got it. So thanks again for supporting the podcast. Now sit back, relax, and here comes another exciting brand new episode of the Tannin J-Man Show. It is NFL Draft Week. Are you excited? I'm very excited. I know, I'm excited. Been, uh, you know, it's mock draft season. Yes, sir. Been mock draft season for a month and a half, two months or so, but... uh, Third and final mock draft for 2021. Coming up. For the Tan Man is ready, ready to be released to the Tan and J-Man Show Nation later during the episode. Beautiful day here in uh, north central Indiana. We've got about 75 degrees. Feels like summer. Feels great. Supposed to be warmer even tomorrow. Um, Thursday when the NFL draft kicks off, supposed to be more like football weather. I think we're supposed to have 50s and some rain maybe. A little little rainies, football weather, but – Got a loaded show tonight, as Tanner said. Uh, he has his uh, fourth mock draft and final mock draft. Third. Third mock draft. And like final I already told the people. <laughs> uh, um, you nailed your picks last year. First 11. I got 11 overall out of 32. Oh. I think it was like 10 out of the first 11 or something. It was super impressive. This year's not going to be as good, I don't think. My goal is to get six. I think we're going to see more trades this year. Yeah, that's going to screw mine up because I don't do trades. Some people say I should, no. but it can get really, really complicated yeah. if you start doing that. Way so. too complicated. Uh, the best mock draft people in the world, Mel Kuyper, um, Todd McShay, Daniel Jeremiah, they don't do trades within their mock draft. I whooped them all last no, year. You did whoop them all. You whooped everyone. I mean, we should have. Uh, we should have sent that to uh, ESPN and see if they had a spot for you next year. I remember on, uh, a good panel. friend of the show, Cameron Screeton, last year tagged a lot of those guys and <laughs> screenshot like how many I got right. But, Tanner's better than you. But I will, um, before the draft this week, I'll have the graphic made up, so all my picks on the graphics so people can follow along and, mm-hmm. and give me grief when I get a lot of them wrong. Hopefully, uh, I think you have a pretty good shot to get the first two. The first two are pretty given, I think. Uh, but after, after that, that, it gets very man. interesting. Uh, pick three is going to have a domino effect over yeah, the rest of the absolutely. top ten, I think. I know they said the San Francisco Giants have kind of narrowed it. Or San Francisco Giants. San Francisco, <laughs> got baseball in the mind. San Francisco 49ers have yep. narrowed it down to uh, two quarterbacks right now, Mac Jones and Trey Lance. Which helped me because I've started – Doing the mock draft 3.0 probably last Wednesday or Thursday. And from then till this evening, I had one of the three different quarterbacks in that spot at one time. Mm. Fields, Lance, and Jones. I had all three of them at one time were in that three spot. It could be a complete smoke screen and they're going to take Fields there. Or uh, Penne Sewell. But Jimmy Garoppolo... Time in uh, San Francisco is likely done. Kyle Shanahan said today when they asked him, will Jimmy Garoppolo still be on the roster um, come Sunday? Um, he said, uh, I can't even predict if uh, we're all going to survive until then or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Kyle went a little dark with that answer. He could have just said. We uh, might all die by then is what he I said. Mean, I, don't, I don't know what he was thinking there. but uh, It was just a roundabout way of saying uh, I don't know. Yeah, it could have just went a different direction, but ah. hey, Shanahan, Shanahan. 
Quit being offended by it. <laughs> I like kind of Kyle Shanahan. Death so. is all around us. <laughs> Got some birdie bogey for I me do. I do. Uh, thank you for that transition. Um, Speaking of death, this will feel like death when I uh, get it wrong. <laughs> uh, it's NFL draft re- related, of course. So, Joshua, the J-Man, I want to know what four teams haven't drafted a quarterback in the first round in the last 27 drafts? And you get all show to think about it, and you're going to need it. Oh, I hate it's, you. Uh, it's all or nothing. If you get two or three right, I'll give you a par. But oh. you got to get all four to get a birdie. Okay. Oh, birdie bogeys brought to you by Noble Gnome LLC. Fresh, locally grown, nutrient-dense produce from Bryce and Katie Romine of Mintone, Indiana. Like them on Facebook, follow them on Instagram, and check out their website, noblegnomellc.com. Get your veggies. Yeah, and what have they got going on right now? Right now, they put a uh, beautiful salad picture up today. said, uh, yes, we are purposely showing you an enticing photo of a fresh, delicious salad in hopes that you will be inspired to sign up for our Prime Season CSA membership. Um, you get everyone's favorite Prime Season vegetables from July through September. Think sweet corn. Think tomatoes. Think cucumbers. Think peppers, onions, potatoes, etc. Their new monthly payment option. Uh, this program is only roughly 216 bucks a month. Uh, the program timeline is July 8th through September 9th. Um, if you have any questions, uh, visit their website, noblenomellc.com slash CSA. So get your veggies. Good stuff. Yes, sir. Well, why don't we start off with some baseball talk? Baseball, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let's start off with some baseball talk. Um, Cubs had a pretty good week, considering um, how down I was this time last week. Yes, first, um, you, you made it on a Cubs broadcast. Oh, oh, that's right. Made it on Marquee Network if you guys were watching on Tuesday night when they played the Mets. Um, Cubs are putting together some really good at-bats, especially early, kind of grinding out. Played appearances, which we love. It's what they did all 2015, all 2016. So I tweeted. Um, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting it up on the screen so the viewers can, can, Beautiful. can see. I tweeted. Uh, you, why don't you read it? Really nice to see the Cubs grind played appearances tonight. Phenomenal at-bats this inning. Yeah. So uh, they brought it up on a marquee network. You know, I was watching the game at the time, and I didn't even see it. I was on <laughs> I was on my laptop until my dad called me. I'm thinking, why is he calling me during the Cubs game? I thought <laughs> something bad happened. He said, Josh, tweet was on TV. I'm like, it's cool. Well, I'm going to bring it up here so all the viewers watching right now on the IC Sports Network can, can see it. It's pretty cool that Rizzo was uh, hitting as well because uh, it's Anthony Rizzo. People, uh, I was hoping Boog Shambi said something about it, but he didn't. Saying, "Man, this guy's so smart. We should uh, we should have him on. Pay I'm, him millions I'm sure of dollars." I'm sure the Cubs were like, "He finally tweeted something positive." Was, we have I was to document say, this. Just, we hate this guy. Just five days before that, I was talking about how bad they were. Um, yesterday, I tweeted, "Cubs are bad again." Um, He's back. Yeah, I was back this uh, past weekend. But no, Cubs had a really good week. And here it is up there on the screen for everybody um, to see now. Rizzo in the background. Yep. Um, yeah, I was, uh, I was pretty happy. Put it on our social media, follow us on Instagram at Tan and J man show, like us on Facebook as well. And follow us on Twitter at Tan and J man show. Um, 
But yeah, Cubs hit the ball really well. They had really struggled um, offensively through the first two weeks of the season and even into uh, their weekend series against Atlanta, although they kind of broke out on Saturday. But then they followed it up. They scored 16 runs on Wednesday, 15 runs on Friday, and next thing you knew they had the third-best offense in the National League after having the worst offense in all of baseball. It's just early season stats. Um, They just played so well against the Mets, a team who had been playing really well. They were helped uh, by um, Jacob DeGrom being pushed back until Friday. So my uh, book and prediction of the week was null and void, um, which I'll take a uh, I'll take an incomplete on that one. It's not my fault. No, yeah. Yeah, you um, don't get a right or wrong for that. Cubs were helped out by it immensely. Uh, but, yeah, they were just grinding out plate appearances scoring runs they did it without really hitting the ball to the ballpark too which they hadn't been doing they'd been so home run reliant um early in the season but it was nice to see that and they got good pitching too jake arietta has been their best pitcher so far he's kind of vintage jake he wasn't pitching too well yesterday early um loaded the bases and walked a guy without recording an out in the first inning but he got out of it and only gave up uh one run he has a 2.57 era and um 28 innings this season he um he's just been a godsend to this rotation where Zach Davies hasn't pitched that well Kyle Hendricks hasn't been as good as he um has in years past so far it's early he's always kind of struggled in April um Trevor Williams has been okay Adbert Alzale has been pretty good considering but really Jake's been their ace so far and kind of like he never left kind of like he never left they really needed it uh Chris Bryant's playing at an MVP level which is just huge because he goes, the Cubs go. He's sitting here with an OPS of nearly 1,000 so far. He's taking his walks, his strikeout rates down. He has 12 extra base hits, which was tied for third in the National League. Um, he's just playing really, really well. Anthony Rizzo's heated up as well. Um, he's kind of putting together a slash line that's pretty typical Anthony Rizzo, besides the batting average being a little low. Um, Javier Baez has started to hit a little better. He's hitting the ball out of the ballpark at least, playing phenomenal defense at short, although he had a bad air yesterday. Um, the one guy they need to step up is Ian Happ. He's kind of been their leadoff guy. Um, he's taken his walks, but he only has one extra base hit. He's 10 for 65 on the season, striking out a bunch. They need him to heat up quickly um, if they want the offense to continue to uh, roll here. Um, I'm not really worried about Ian Happ. He's kind of struggled early in in seasons in his career, especially in April. Um, They're getting pretty good bench production. Jake Marisnik's been good. Matt Duffy's been okay. Nico Horner is up. Uh, which they send He's him. a guy you've tweeted about a lot. Yes, I'm a big Nico Horner fan. He has one of the best contact rates in all of baseball. He handles velocity as well as anyone in baseball. Not going to slug a whole lot of home runs. He'll hit his doubles, play great defense at second base. Um, he was called up because Jock Peterson was placed on the injured list. I think Nico should be up to stay. He is uh, leading off um, tonight. And contact rate. Is that as simple as it sounds for just make put put ball in play? Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Uh, they've they struggle. This team does against velocity. They strike out a bunch, and to have a guy like Nico, who's just been fantastic, uh, he was fantastic last year in that aspect. His numbers weren't very good, um, but if he can continue walking, his uh, swing 
change he made in the offseason that allows for more power. He's more open in his stance. Um, he had a fantastic spring training. But again, he's barely had any plate appearances in the minor leagues because they called him up his first year in September when Javi Baez broke his thumb. Then last year he was up all season, so they sent him down for a little more uh, seasoning, but he was down at the alternate site for two weeks, and then they call him back up. Um, He's easily one of the top eight players and should be playing every day. Not sure what the Cubs will do when Jock Peterson's back, which sounds like he'll be back within the next couple of days, maybe a week. Um, But he's been fantastic. Um, The bullpen yesterday was kind of a a hullabaloo uh, there. A what? uh, A hullabaloo. Never heard that word um, used. Just just kind of chaotic uh, there in the uh, back end of the bullpen. I can even spell it. (laughs) The back end of the bullpen, uh, Jason Adam came in and gave up five runs without recording an out in the ninth inning of a one-run game. Um, Craig Kimbrell's been fantastic, but other than that, I mean, you have guys whose ERA is close to five. Rex oh, Brothers certainly not it. comes in and walks four guys in the uh, fifth inning on Saturday who ended up losing the game because of it. Um they need more out of their bullpen. They kind of did a little bit of shuffling around. Jason Adam went to the alternate side. They called up a guy by the name of Trevor McGill who will make his major league debut the next time he pitches. Um, the bullpen's as scary as we thought it was going to be outside of Craig Kemperl. They are who um, we thought they, they were. They are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. No one's let them off the hook so far because <laughs> they're giving up a ton of runs there in the bullpen. Um, but they have an incredibly tough schedule coming up where they have uh, the Atlanta Braves in Atlanta for four starting tonight here in about 30 minutes. Um, Place they've never really played well. Then they have to go to Cincinnati, place they haven't played well over the past couple years. Yeah, the Reds have woken. The Reds have awoken from their hot streak. They were 6-1 and to start the season, and now they're sitting there at 9-12. and Uh, Pitching's been bad. They're not scoring runs. They are who we thought they were. They're probably not as bad as what they've played, but they're still not a very good team. But, again, Cubs haven't played well there. If they have to face Luis Castillo and Sonny Gray, they're probably going to lose at least two out of three. Uh, That's just kind of the way it shakes out. Uh, Then the Dodgers come to town for three next week. They'll have to face – it's scheduled right now. They'll have to face Kershaw, Bauer, and I believe Dustin May. It might be Walker Buehler. Those will be three losses. Cubs have not – fared well against elite pitching this year uh, Brandon Woodruff for the Brewers he's one of the top maybe four guys in the National League he's uh, shut them down three times already um, they've really struggled against Freddie Peralta for the Brewers guys that have really good velocity they've struggled against uh, Kershaw doesn't have that anymore Bauer of course does and Dustin May throws a 101 mile an hour bowling ball sinker uh, bowling ball sinker they've uh They'll have trouble. Weber style. <laughs> I'm the man. <laughs> They'll have trouble with. Uh, but, yeah, just keep trying to, I mean, this week where there's seven games, just try not to lose all of them, I guess. Don't go one and six either. Two and five would be pretty bad. Um, try to win at least three of these, hopefully. Um, pitching matchups, again, rotation hasn't been good. Bullpen hasn't been good. Braves score a ton of runs. Haven't so far this year, but uh, scary, scary lineup there in Atlanta. What else is going on around the league? Great series in Los Angeles this past weekend, the San Diego Padres and uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Padres came away, I believe, with a sweep, didn't they? I think you're correct. They uh, 
Nope, they lost. Uh, I think you're incorrect. <laughs> uh, they won three out of the four games, though, including a classic regular season April game last night where it went 11 innings, and uh, the Padres ended up squeaking it out. Um, two heavyweights in the sport uh, so far, and I think it will continue that way throughout the rest of the season. They'll just be punching each other in the mouth all season long. I mean, we've it's already been – they've played seven games so far, and the uh, Padres are 4-3 and three, um, in those games. I think it'll be real close all season. I think they'll really beat up on the National League West. Um, just, I mean, it's been phenomenal. I mean, you see transitioning to New York baseball. Garrett Cole pitching so well right now. Jacob DeGrom pitching so well. The dude has um, more RBIs this season, two than he has earned runs allowed one. DeGrom? Yeah. Yeah. That's like the stat of the year right there. He is insane. He's at a higher level than Clayton Kershaw ever's yep. been. And Kershaw's the best pitcher of this generation, in my opinion. And DeGrom's just going out there. Comes into the major leagues. He's throwing like 93 to 94 um, pretty well. He's averaging 99.4 miles an hour with his fastball now. I don't know how he got there. Ever. He's nasty. His team actually scored runs for him yeah, a few nights ago. Yeah, um, outlier. Yeah, he uh, finally got a win out of it. But, man, two great pitchers there in New York. Yeah, yeah. And the Yankees uh, wish they could play Cleveland all the time. Yeah, if they have fair the series well. they needed to get things going a little bit. Yeah. Um, this week, uh, let's see who they got. I don't remember off the top of my head here. The Yankees are 9-12, and 12, tied with Baltimore they, Orioles. They have last. the Orioles starting the night. That always helps. At Baltimore, but uh, – Orioles have been a slump buster for them over the years. And then they got the Tigers. So this is the week to – Get things get back, back on track. Yeah, Tigers have the uh, Tigers have the worst record in the sport, yep. seven and fifteen. So take advantage of this week. Uh, um, they're not good. You got seven games there. Take at least five. Can you tell me who has is tied for the best record in the American League? Tied for the best record in the the American two teams League. tied for the best record in the American League. Um. Well, I'm trying to think who's leading every division. The Royals. Royals is one of them. And is it the A's? The Oakland A's after got starting. The 13-game snap by yes. the Orioles yesterday. Um, yeah, the Royals are playing really good baseball right now. Will it last? No. Probably not. I mean, they're sitting here at first place in the AL Central at 13-7, and their odds to make the postseason are only 16% still, so that just shows you what people think of them. In the year I picked the White Sox to make the ALCS, and you picked them, then you picked them to make the World Series? Yeah, I think they'll be all right. Yeah. They're 12 and 9. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're pitching the ball well, real well. Fourth best uh, ERA in um, the American League. Lance Lynn is on the DL right now, though, injured list. Uh, he's been awesome for him. Carlos Rodon's been kind of a. He's kind of really burst onto the scene. He wasn't that good. Then he ends up throwing a no hitter this year. Um, I think Giolito will be fine. They haven't really gotten great production out of their bullpen, it looks like. Um, especially back in Liam Hendricks hasn't been as good as he had been in years past, but he'll probably turn it around. But solid team. We saw Madison Gump, B- Gumbar, Bump Gardner uh, <laughs> yesterday throw no hitter in, in a seven inning game. You know, double headers now are seven, two seven inning games. That doesn't count, right? Or if it does, it shouldn't count as the same as a it does not count no as a main um, no hitter. No hitter. Yeah, they said. Uh, Madison, why Madison Bumgarner seven inning no hitter wasn't a real no hitter? Um, he earns credit for a complete game in a shutout. 
Let's see what else. Uh, since it was the second game of the doubleheader, it was a scheduled seven-inning game, not a nine-inning game. Uh, confusion dates back to a 1991 ruling from Major League Baseball's committee on statistical accuracy that defined no-hitter as a game in which a pitcher or pitchers gives up no hits while pitching at least nine innings. Oh, 91, pitch, huh? At least, yeah, since 91. Wow. A pitcher may give up a run or run so long as he pitches nine innings or more and does not give up a hit. Um, prior to that change in the official records, no-hit games of fewer than nine innings were considered no-hitters. Um, that ruling from the records committee might have been a reaction to Andy Hawkins' game for the Yankees in 1990 when he allowed no hit, uh, no hits in eight innings and lost four to nothing on four unearned runs. Um, yeah. The absurdity of this no-hitter, Zach Gallen threw a one-hitter in the first game that counts as a one-hitter, but the no-hitter doesn't count as a no-hitter because yeah, Interesting, baseball. but yeah. makes sense, I guess. The Diamondbacks tweeted, it counts in our book. Madison Bumgarner has thrown a no-hitter. Yeah, the Diamondbacks, um, I mean, that's pathetic. Who who were they playing again? The Braves. That's pathetic offense on the Braves' part. One hit in, in two games. They'll have 24 hits tonight. Yeah, probably. But, Trevor Williams. But I'm just saying, like, wow, that's – there's got to be a stat to go along with that, I would think. I remember when back in 2008, the Houston Astros, because of a hurricane, um, had to play a few home games in Milwaukee, and the Cubs went in. Carlos Zambrano threw a no-hitter in game one, or in game two. In game three, Ted Lilly took a one-hitter into the ninth, um, which is insane to me. But that is pathetic. Hit. One hit in 14 innings. The Braves were victims of back-to-back shutouts in yesterday's doubleheader versus Arizona. Well, this was not yesterday, but um, on Saturday. Um, this was the first time a team has been victim of back-to-back shutouts in a doubleheader since 1977. Wow. Even if it's a seven inning. That comes from a friend of the show, Sean Triver. So. Sean's always got the stats. He does. If you guys need a stat or a trivia question, Sean's the guy to text. Sports and pop culture. Music. Yep. He's just full of knowledge. He is. <laughs> That's why he's part of the Tan and J-Man Show Nation. One knowledgeable of the fan base. of the uh, Tan and J-Man No, we have a knowledgeable, knowledgeable fans. The last team to get one or fewer hits in two consecutive games was Cleveland in 2014. Interesting. Uh, when Felix Hernandez and Fernando Rodney of the Mariners pitched a one-hitter. Fernando. On June 29th, and then Dan Heron and two Dodgers relievers combined for a one-hitter the very next day. Rough outing. <laughs> Not great. I wonder if the Indians were any good in 2014. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say you're right. Thanks for agreeing with me. 2014, uh, they were over 500. Uh, Eight games over. Got any more baseball? Nope. I was kind of letting you run with it. So. Um. Coming into today, the Major League Baseball slash line is 232 batting average with a 310 on base and a 390 slugging percentage. The batting average will be the lowest ever. In 2008, about 42% of swings um, put balls in play. This year it's at 35.4%. In 2008, the swing and miss percentage was 20%. This year it's 27.3%. Should they – did we talk about this last week? Should they move the mound back? I don't think we did talk about it. We talked about off-air over the weekend. Okay. Should they move the mound back? 
You know, baseball is a sport that likes to experiment with things. Mm-hmm. Um, I so- don't think it's a bad idea. It sounds like they're going to experiment with it in uh, independent leagues. Yeah. Um, Minor leagues up starting yet? Or is it May? May 5th. May 5th. Is so, the uh, next first week. official. Yep. Um, AAA was supposed to have started, but then they pushed it back due to something. Um, I think they need to move it back. There have been talk where they'll move it back a foot. I wonder if that will lead to more arm injuries because you're throwing the ball a little farther, 12 inches farther. True. Um, I don't know, though. Um, it will give hitters much more time to obviously make up their mind if they want to swing or not, but not nearly enough time where it will like affect as far as guys just hitting home runs every single pitch. Yeah. Um, Chris Bryant said today he wishes they'd move the mound back 15 feet. (laughs) (laughs) It would be coming in like literally Uh, 45 mile per hour. Um, I think they need to experiment with it. I mean, they've experimented with the DH in the National League last year. They ex- they've experimented and are keeping the experiment of putting a guy yep. on second in uh, extra innings, which I hope they get rid of that. Started in the 12th. Give them two innings to try to win it, then go to the second base rule. Um, but I think we will see the mound being moved back um, within the next two to three years, I think. That's a safe prediction, I think. Yeah. So. Any more? That's all I got. That's all I got as well. If something pops into my head, I'm sure I'll just blurt it out in the middle of your mock draft. That's okay. <laughs> you have the liberty and power to do so. The Tan and J-Man Show is brought to you by The Damn Landing. Whether you want an epic burger, hand-tossed pizza, hand-breaded tenderloin, seafood, craft beer, or a handcrafted cocktail, The Damn Landing is the place to be. The Damn Landing is a bar and grill located on beautiful Lake Manitou. focuses on freshness and quality. The Damn Smoke is here every single weekend, and it features barbecue and steaks. In addition, you can wash it down with one of their 16 beers on tap, including a constant rotation of today's best microbrews and domestic flavors, or a handcrafted cocktail made using fresh ingredients. Take in the fantastic views of Lake Manitou in their beer garden or outdoor bar area. Whether it be boats or wheels, the Damn Landing is the place to be, located at 1305 Ewing Road in Rochester. Beautiful week, at least first part of the week to go, and... Uh, Get some tacos out there in the beer garden. Yep, get some tacos, have a good draft beer. Um, Damn Landing owner Brett Lukens was on the cover of the Lakes Magazine. Yes. Lakes edition. Real so cool. We shared that on our, our Facebook page, the Tan J Man Show Facebook page, which if you don't already like our page, please go and do so. Um, so pick up that edition while you're out and about um, if you live in the north central Indiana area and um, learn some more about the Damn Landing. Great place. And we're, and we're happy they've been a sponsor now for two years. So this is the second year they've been a sponsor of the Tan and J-Man show. So. And another sponsor of our show, this is the first year they've been a sponsor, is Circle 15 Golf. Circle 15 Golf is a brand focused on bringing tour-quality <laughs> tour products and experience to the everyday golfer, like the J-Man and myself. Yes, sir. It's, they are built on 25 years of tour experience featuring the Genesis Glove, the most durable and comfortable glove available, and the patented Glove Hub, the first and only glove humidor on the market. You can find these products and more information at circle15golf.com. They also have different repair tools, ball markers, hats, little bit of everything all sorts of stuff so i've been using my uh genesis um how's it working for you game's starting to get there it's it, most comfortable glove i've ever wore mm. um and, and you know I, I take it out of my glove hub and and put it back in my glove hub to start and end every round and i've had multiple people ask me what it is and how they can get one so people are interested and it's also a good place to keep your divot repair and ball marker yeah 
because like me, I was tired of going through my bag constantly trying to find the ball marker and different repair tool that I want to use. So if you put it in your glove hub along with your glove, it's right there for you ready to go every time. Yeah. So it's good. It was a good week to get on the course and looks like it's going to be a good week to get on the course. It should be a nice weekend. Mm-hmm. You went ahead to just right into the NFL draft? Or you want uh, Let, Ber- let's do uh, on this day first? Yeah. I have not looked at these, so this Good. could be interesting. Um, let's see. 1905, <laughs> Cubs Jack McCarthy becomes the only major league player to throw out three runners at the plate in one game. Wow. All were ends of a double play. That's interesting. Who on the state in 1912 hit the first home run at Fenway Park? In 1912? I, I only know play for a Red Sox in 1912. No idea. Hugh Bradley. Never heard of him until this moment. Nope. 1920, ice hockey makes its Olympic debut at the Antwerp Games with center Frank Fredrickson scoring seven goals in Canada's 12-1 drubbing of Sweden in the gold medal match. I see the Olympic Games this year. They're not going to decide on uh, crowd attendance until June. Mm. Japan's not doing all. No, doing and, well. and I don't know about having attendance there. I mean, it's going to be a challenge enough to pull off the Olympics, which I think they will. They're going to have mm. that, but with athletes coming in from all different countries around the world, they're going to have to really, really bubble them. Yeah, absolutely. So, On this day in 1931, Lou Gehrig hits a home run but is called out for passing the runner on the base pass. <laughs> uh, the mistake costs him the AL home run wow. crown when he and Babe Ruth tie for the season. wonder if he had any bonus incentives in his contract or anything. That would be Well, back rough. then he, he might have got 50 cents a home run. You're right. You're right. But <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. 1941, this is a pretty cool one. A tradition begins. The first organ at a baseball stadium, which was at Wrigley really? Field in Chicago, and they still play the organ today. Gary Pressey retired a few years ago. but I think that should be your new hobby, take up playing the become organ. Become an organist? Man, that'd be the best job in the world, just sit at Wrigley Field and play the organ? Heck yeah. Yeah, but you get mad and start playing like, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. I'd play three blind mice a lot for the umpire. <laughs> you would. 1961, Roger Maris hits his first of 61 home runs in 1961. Pretty good season. Yep. 61 and 61. Movie 61. It's a good movie, too. It is a good movie. 1964, who won the NBA championship on this 64. Day? Got a pretty good guess. Let's go with the Celtics. Yes. Did they? Did anyone else win one in the 60s? <laughs> they I won like 10. Yeah. Um... 1966, Red Auerbach retires as Boston Celtics head coach. Legend. Phillies' Mike Schmidt on this day in 1975 hit two home runs, which tied the NL record of 11 homers in April. I think that's been passed. Um, I forget who did it. I want to say like uh, Ronald Acuna did a few years ago for the Braves. Um, Mike Schmidt, best best Philly of all time? Yeah. In my opinion, at least. Least position player? Mm Mm-hmm. 1980, Phillies, Steve Carlton, that's why I said best position player, uh, pitches his sixth one-hitter in his career. It's pretty good. Yeah, pretty it good. is. Um, It's who, like bowling almost a 300. Almost, yeah. I wonder I wonder if it was um, like what kind, like when it was broken up or anything. Yeah, hmm. yeah good um, point. It could have been. First batter of the yeah. game. But then that's pretty impressive. Then he cruises yeah. just along. 
I mean, if it was the first batter of the game, you got 27 outs without giving up a hit. 1982, who became the New York Yankees manager for the second time? Oh, um, Martin. Nope. Um, Gene Michael. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't know that. I had to throw in the second time because I thought yeah. that would get you. Because I thought, yeah. Bogey for Tanner. Yeah, ma'am. 1983, John Elway was the first pick of the NFL draft to the Baltimore Colts. Yep, later traded to the Broncos. Uh, thank you, NFL, for not letting him go to Oakland. Wish he would have gone to Oakland. He and Al Davis, that would have been interesting. Up until 1988, the NBA only had two referees on the court. Really? And on this day, they added a third referee for the 88-89 season. Interesting. I, I did not know that. It's hard to envision only two. But Yeah, I guess I haven't really watched any old... NBA no. games from the 80s. Uh-uh. Mike Tyson in 1989 got a speeding ticket for drag racing his Lamborghini in Albany. Guy was always in the news. I mean, he's still relevant today, but he was always in the news for something. I'm very excited in the for, 80s and 90s. for the 30 for 30 they're going to make on him. He's something else. Man, Nolan Ryan on this day in 1990 pitched his 12th one-hitter. Yeah, he's... Greatest all time. I mean, he. It's, how many no hitters and one hitters he threw? I don't know. The guy was unbelievable. Winners. He tied Bob Feller's record of one hitters. Um, who was the first pick in the 1992 NFL draft by the Indianapolis Colts? 92. Yep. Um. Jeff George. Steve Emptman. Emptman. Hmm. Emptman. Okay. <laughs> Way off. The baseball season begins on this day in 1995 after their lengthy strike. Yep. The uh, Montreal Expos looked like they were on maybe track to win it all before the strike happened. Who was the first pick in the 2003 NFL draft? 2003? Mm -hmm. Oh, man. I think what year this was. It was 03 or 04. Carson Palmer. Yep. Carson Palmer. 2008. 2008. Oh, was that Sam Bradford? Or was that 09? Jake Long. It was 2008. Oh, Bradford's 09. Yep. What about 2012? Oh, uh, Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck. Correct. Um, 2018, and then we're done. <laughs> I got to go back to my head here. Uh, 2018 would have been Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is correct. Nailed it. That's going to do it for On This Day. All right. And On This Day segment is brought to you by Like It Is Every Week, Proformer Print House. If you're looking for a trustworthy, dependable resource for your next trade show, company, picnic, or sales meeting, Proformer Print House has over 50 years combined experience in promotional products and commercial print. They strive for fast and efficient response to all your print needs. You need to look no further. Let them be your one source print and promotional company by giving them a call today at 574 574- Two one zero three eight one five. Just ordered some uh, golf items for uh, an outing that one of our branches is going to be sponsoring. Yeah, golf outing. Ordered some towels and some golf balls. Oh, cool. yeah. Looking forward to getting those. Word association or mock draft? Let's go word association All because right. it is uh, NFL draft related. These are notable number one overall picks from the past. Mainly from the past 20 years, but also some before then. Okay. David Carr. Sack. He got <laughs> sacked, what, 70-plus times as a lot. rookie for the Texans? A lot. Eli Manning. Future Hall of Famer. Ugh. If 
he wouldn't have won two, would he have been in? Probably not. It would have been close. It would have been close. Think, man, I don't think he should get in, but I think he will get in. Alex Smith. Underrated. Um, I thought he got a raw, raw deal in San Francisco, yeah. to be honest. But uh, dude's a gamer, ultimate game manager. He's good with the Chiefs and pretty good with the Redskins before he got hurt. Mario Williams. Thought it was going to be Reggie. Yeah. Thought it was going to be Reggie Bush, that number one pick. Uh, he was all right. Um, he played for your Dolphins for a little bit, Bills, yeah. Texans. Um, yeah, he was fine. But Speaking of, Sam Bradford. <coughs> uh, underperformed. Yeah. Um, got he, hurt a lot. He made a lot of money. He cashed in a lot yeah, of good deals, especially with the Cardinals, his last deal. You know, he's a, he was a Viking. He was an Eagle. Ram, of course. And just never never really clicked. Andrew Luck. What could have been? Mm-hmm. He was on path for it. looked like he was going to be probably one of the greatest. And uh, I think he would have got the Colts at least to one Super Bowl uh, eventually. And I don't and, think they would have gotten past this Kansas City Chiefs team. Uh, they couldn't get past New England. Probably weren't getting past this no, Chiefs team. We'll never know. I mean, even the teams after him were good enough to make the playoffs. So without him, so will we ever see him back? No, I don't. No, I, they they called. Him. I agree. They reached out to him in the off season before they went out and got Carson Wentz. So and he said he wasn't interested. So that puts a nail in the coffin. Baker Mayfield, character, <laughs> swagger, um, pretty good bounce back year. I mean, he was a little up and down this year, but they uh, honored his fifth year. His contract uh, this week, mm. so it's the best quarterback the Browns have had in a long, long time. Then we got some random number one overall picks. Tim Couch, Kentucky. <laughs> That's where he went to school. Uh, you know, I was just saying Baker's one of the best quarterbacks the Browns have ever had. Tim Couch, not so much. Almost bought myself a Tim Couch jersey one time. I wish you would have. Gonna hang it up with the wall of. Uh, Instead, my dad. Great. My dad knew. I was young. I was like in third grade. My dad knew at the time that Keyshawn Johnson was going to be getting traded from the Jets. And I think the jersey at the store was on clearance. And I got it. The Jets Keyshawn jersey. Three days later, he's traded to the Buccaneers. <laughs> I actually have him on this list. Keyshawn Johnson. Um, pro bowler. Darn good player. Not a Hall of good Famer. Player. But he was he was Hall pretty, of good. Yeah. He was really, really good in his prime. Jeff George. Rocket arm. Got 100 launch yards. It, yeah. uh, Played for um, Boilermakers and Illini, both. So he was like number one recruit in the nation when Purdue got him, and then he didn't mix well with Fred Akers. And, uh, Is he out of wasn't a good deal. Um, Warren Central? Lawrence, Warren Central, that's yep. right. That's where his son Jeff George Jr. played, who was yep. who was an incredibly bad quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> for the Illini. Uh, Bo Jackson. Oh, maybe the greatest athlete of all time. I was just about to say, I think he's the greatest athlete I mean, of all look time. what he did in the NFL and the MLB. Incredible. Terry Bradshaw. Most overrated Hall of Fame quarterback there is. Speaking of. And that's not going to go well, I know, with some of the. he's He was a bad quarterback that played with great defenses, yeah. a great running back, should not be in the Hall of Fame, just like this next guy. Didn't he have a 48% completion percentage for his he career? He was bad. Joe Namath. <laughs> Susie Colburn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Michael Vick. Uh, horrible human being. Um Unbelievable athlete to watch. I mean, it was so fun to watch, but what he did with that uh, the dog fighting is unforgettable. O.J. Simpson. <laughs> Bad human being. The glove. The glove. Um, yeah. If the glove he, does not fit, you must acquit. Uh, 
He's still post on social media to this day. He's in. I don't follow him on Twitter, but um, I sometimes tune in to see what he's saying. Uh, his voice, like it, it's creepy. Uh, he's yeah. I don't. I can't stand looking at the guy. No. Um, I got since we were talking about Pittsburgh just a little bit ago. Terry Bradshaw, another good fact from Sean Shriver here. Pittsburgh Steeler fix, and then we'll get into my mock draft because I know I only got twenty minutes. Chuck Knoll was there twenty three years. Had a, a overall record of 193-148-1, 209 career wins, including the postseason. That's 9.1 average wins per year. Bill Cower, there for 15 years, 149 wins, 90 losses, one tie, 161 career wins, including postseason, 10.7 average. Mike Tomlin, 14 years, 145 wins, 78 losses, one tie, 153 career wins, including postseason, 10.9 average. Um, there was a 14-game season in Noel's first nine seasons. Mm. But think of Noel and Tomlin. Tomlin's won with most of his games with Big Ben. Noel had Bradshaw, and uh, who else did he have? He had another quarterback too. But Tommy Maddox. No, that was Cower. But Cower won before Big Ben. Cower won with guys like Cordell Stewart, Tommy Maddox. Yeah. Um, O'Donnell. Yeah, Neil O'Donnell. I mean. Pretty pretty impressive, but that's crazy. That franchise, that's their last three coaches right there. Yeah, yeah they're they're a very lucky one. And the word associated segment is brought to you by Rhett Lee, attorney at law. Rhett Lee and the law office of Andrew Akee, LLC, are located at 206 4th Street in Logansport, Indiana. Rhett provides legal services to the people of North Central Indiana and practices criminal defense, family law, and personal injury. If you need a lawyer who cares about your results and will fight for you, call Rhett today to schedule a free consultation at 574-722-2221. All right. Are you ready? Mock draft time. I'm so excited. Is the Show Nation ready? So excited. It's here. I worked on this one pretty hard. I changed it daily from Wednesday through today, but I'm ready to give it to the world. So here we go. Number one, no suspense here to the Jacksonville Jaguars, Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Urban Meyer even says that's the direction we're going to go. I don't know why all these <laughs> years they try to create suspense because yep. it always ends up being the guy everyone says it's going to be. I don't know either. But When's uh, the last time we've seen a team trade out of the number one spot? Trade out? Yeah. It's been a minute. Yeah, we've seen teams at number two. and Was it clear back to when um, – Atlanta traded out or San Diego because Eli and they traded they didn't to the Giants trade out though they took the guy yeah. I don't I don't want to look at the draft because that could give away yeah. a trivia yeah. question number two to the New York Jets I got Zach Wilson quarterback from Brigham Man University Rams traded up for Jared Goff oh I believe okay for number one Zach Wilson yeah I think that's a terribly kept secret as well yep I think those number two, I'm pretty confident I'm going to get those two right. Yes, <laughs> I agree with you. Number three, San Francisco 49ers. Like I said, I've had Justin Fields in there. I've had Mac Jones. I've had Trey Lance. I've been back and forth on all three of them at one time. I've changed all three in one day. <laughs> I read and watch too many things, too much speculation going on. Who did I decide to finally go with? Any guesses, Jay, man? I'm going to go with Trey Lance. You're correct. Went with Trey Lance, quarterback out of North Dakota State. What do you think if the Niners go in that direction? Good move, bad move? I think it's a coin flip between coin flip. Jones and Lance. Yep. Um, 
course, Lance only played one game this past year at uh, North Dakota State because that's all they played. Yep. Um, so we're going to have to rely on two years' worth of – I don't think he's a guy that can come in and start right away, though. That's why I think they might need to hang on to Jimmy G for a little while. That's what I'm thinking. Jimmy G, one year as a bridge mm-hmm. would make sense. But, man, if they're going to say things like that about Jimmy G, like you yeah. say, yeah. maybe, maybe he goes back to New England or somewhere. Um, but Trey Lance, last year in the way early – mock drafts he was first quarterback on the board yeah over over lawrence some stupid people had him over lawrence yeah because yeah, last year in, in 2019 he had like 30 30 plus touchdowns mm-hmm. no picks yeah so um of course the competition isn't great true but um yeah zach wilson wasn't even really on anyone's radar coming into the year well, i think I mean, people thought he could be good kind of like jordan love um, at a Utah State, could be like maybe a top five guy, but Zach Wilson was the one that actually did it. It'll be like Sam Howe next year, North Carolina. We'll mm-hmm. see what he can do without a lot of his talent not returning around him. But number four to the Atlanta, Atlanta Falcons. Sorry to break your heart here, J-Man, but I got them taking Kyle Pitts tight end from Florida. I know that's who you would really want. I don't blame him you. or Chase. Uh, Jamar Chase from LSU. This will be the J-Man's Book It Prediction of the Week. I'm taking a uh, major risk here and saying four quarterbacks will go in the top four of the draft. I think the Falcons really, really need to start looking at a quarterback, and I think they take one. That's my uh, big – I haven't even heard them mentioned as being a team that takes a quarterback, but uh, heck, maybe somebody trades up to that four spot. Wouldn't shock me. I know it. So I think – Wouldn't shock me for New England to do it. I think four quarterbacks go in the first four picks. In my mock draft 1.0, I had four quarterbacks going on the first four picks. Um, no, I did not. That's a lie because Miami was third at the time. Yeah, that was a lie. So, yeah. J-Man's anyway. Book of Prediction of the Week brought to you by Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance Agent Travis Watchering for life, home, auto, renters, business, workers' comp, and farm insurance. Contact Travis at 219-869-4561. His email is travis.watchering at infb.com. Number five, the Cincinnati Bengals. This pick's different than my first two mock drafts. Sorry, J-Man. Got them to the taking heart. Jamar Chase, wide receiver from LSU. Just a dagger to the heart. I'm between this, him, and Penny Sewell, tackle from Oregon. I think they need line help for Joe Burrow. I mean, Far more than wide receiver help. But Burrow... Knows Chase real well from their days at LSU. Chase put up huge numbers. No A.J. Green there anymore. Mm-hmm. Julio Jones could be uh, getting traded as well from the Atlanta Falcons going back to their pick. I would wait until May if I was the Falcons. They can save $8 million bucks yep. by waiting until May. Which they, I'm sure they will. Um, but, yes, he could be gone. Um, but I think Cincinnati gets himself an elite uh, playmaker mm. for for Joe because they do need some weapons around them too. Sure, but. they have T Higgins who had a really good yeah. year as a rookie uh, last year. I, th- I think they still have Tyler Boyd as well. Yeah, I think so. So, <clears throat> number six, the Miami Dolphins. Who do you want if if these five picks go in in order like I have them? Who do you want? It's really a coin flip in yep. my opinion between um, Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, the scouting NFL scouting gurus say the top four wide receivers in this class are all better than the receivers in last year's draft class, which last year's draft class is considered one of the better wide receiver class ever. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's just better. Um, Devonte Smith obviously put up huge numbers under Tua Tungavailoa, kind of the same as Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow there. Um, but he measured at, uh, or he weighed at 166 pounds 
as pro day, which is scary to take a wide receiver um, that skinny that early. Um, I'd probably take Jalen Waddle, um, but honestly, I wouldn't be upset with Devontae Smith now if Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts somehow falls. Scoop them up. Absolutely. Could Miami trade back? I think they could trade back. I don't think they will, but I wouldn't put anything past Chris Greer because he's been known to wheel and deal on draft night and before the draft. Well, I changed this pickup from my previous two mock drafts. I had him taking Devontae Smith and both. Jalen Waddle is my pick like at it. six to Miami. I like it. Number seven, the Detroit Lions. I had him going, I think, quarterback both times in the previous mock draft. Changed that up, decided they need some protection there for Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. Taking him Penny Sewell off its tackle from Oregon. Good pick. Number eight, Carolina. They've been the tough one to figure out. Uh, some people are saying don't even count out quarterback, mm. even though they've got um, Sam Darnold because they haven't extended his contract yet. And he's not very good to begin with. And they could trade out at eight. That could be realistic, but – if they stay at eight, since I don't do trades, I'm getting them some protection for Darnold, uh, assuming he's the guy instead of Bridgewater. And that's uh, Rashawn Slater, offensive lineman out of Northwestern. Northwestern boy. Top ten pick. Number nine, my Denver Broncos. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do. I'm kind of hoping they trade back, to be honest, mm-hmm. and get some more picks. Uh, my fear is they trade up to get a quarterback and then they lose their first round pick next year that's what i do not want if a quarterback they like falls to nine so be it i don't want them to go in that direction i want drew lock to get one more year as the guy but they haven't got him any competition which you know i'd be fine with like kyle trask on day two honestly that's kind of what i'd be i'd I'd be all for that but my mock draft i have them taking a quarterback in nine mac jones from alabama mac jones who I think he's probably the one I would want least. But I don't know. There's a lot of – I um have a, a guy I used to do some podcasts with. I would call as my closest connection to the Broncos. I reached out to him, and he said it's tough telling George Payton's keeping everything close to the vest and like kind of Elway in the last few years, and he thinks it's either Mac Jones or um, Micah Parsons at nine. Hmm. Number 10, the Dallas Cowboys, still called America's team. I haven't changed this pick in a while in the mock drafts. That's Patrick Sertan, the second cornerback from Alabama. Yeah. Another Alabama guy. That would make four um, in, in the top ten. It's insane. And two in a row. Why don't we make that three in a row with Devontae Smith going to the New York Giants at 11, wide receiver? They need some wide receiver help. Yeah. They Daniel Jones needs some help. Yep. But they could go in a whole different array of directions there. Number 12, the Philadelphia Eagles have them taking J.C. Horn, cornerback from South Carolina. I previously had him in my first two mock drafts going 16 to Arizona. But I think he goes up the board a little bit. I think he's the number two corner in this draft. This draft's very heavy on on good corners, good wide receivers, and good offensive linemen. Uh, J.C. Horn, Joe Horn's son. I was going to say, I hope J.C. Horn uh, pulls out a flip phone. Motorola flip phone. uh, Answer that phone call. That would be unbelievable. At number 13, the Los Angeles Chargers. Got them getting some offensive line help for Justin Herbert. Christian Darasol, offensive lineman from Virginia Tech. Number 14, the Minnesota Vikings. I have them also taking offensive lineman and Tevin Williams, offensive tackle out of Oklahoma State. I've, I've seen him mock back in the 20s, though, so maybe I have him a little too high. Reach. Number 15, the New England Patriots. I would be surprised 
if they sit here, if this is who they want. But I think they're going to get this guy, in my opinion, and I don't do trades. I have them getting Justin Fields, quarterback from Ohio State. Sit behind Cam for one year, then it's his team. I mean, you look at, uh, if that does happen, the AFC East, Josh Allen, top five pick from four years ago. Um, Zach Wilson, be a first start, top two pick Assuming this year. Assuming it's him, yep. Uh, Tua Vailoa, top five pick from last year. Um, and then um, old uh, Justin Fields, there yep. at 15. Yep, it's, he did. Some of his medicals came out last week, epilepsy. Um, mm-hmm. He's diagnosed with, but uh, they got medicine and, and yeah. stuff for that. So, Number 16, the Arizona Cardinals. I have them taking another Big Ten player, and that's Quiddy Pay, defense lineman out of Michigan. Quiddy. Once what again, this might be a little too, too high. A lot of people have them in the 20s, but it's just one of those I had a feeling. Hmm. So I put them there. Gut feeling, huh? Gut feeling. Number 17, hope this doesn't happen. The Las Vegas Raiders, I have them taking Micah Parsons, linebacker from Penn State. Fantastic player. If he slides down there, that would be a great pick. He opted out of the Big Ten season this past year. He was looking like a top five to seven pick. Uh, So they could get a top seven type talent there at 17. That would be pretty good for him. What do you want the Dolphins to do at 18? I really like um, Najee Harris, but I don't think that's – the direction they're going to go. I think they'll go more edge rusher like Gregory Rousseau mm-hmm. out of Miami. Um, but yeah. Jalen Phillips out of Miami. Jaylen, they both. Yep. But uh, I don't like this pick that I put it down there because I think it's a little too high, but uh, I, I knew this would make J-Man happy, so I threw him a bone. Najee Harris running back from Alabama. I'd love it. I think it'd be fantastic. Have, they're just going to take all Alabama players. <laughs> it's okay hey, with me. Good strategy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, they're going to be like 100 of them to go in the first round, so. And number 19, I have the Washington football team taking Elijah Vera Tucker off his lineman out of USC, Southern California. Get old Fitz Magic some protection there up Yep, top. I kept thinking maybe they could be in play for a quarterback, but they got Fitz Magic, and then they got uh, who's the backup they signed after his playoff uh, performance? Heineke. Heineke. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Number 20, Bears fans. I know we have a lot of Bears fans that listen and, and watch this podcast I got him giving some defensive back help. Caleb Farley, cornerback from Virginia Tech. He set out the 2020 season due to COVID. Any relation to Chris? Not that I know of. Number 21, Indianapolis Colts fans. I know, of course, we have a lot of Colts fans that listen and watch this uh, podcast. I think a lot of them would be really happy with this pick. Jeremiah Owusu Kora. Koromoa, I practiced that earlier today. <laughs> Had it, and then I choked. Linebacker from Notre Dame. Um, I don't know if he'll be there at 21, but I think he could be a really good one. I think they're going to go linebacker. I could also see him going line there. Number 22, the Tennessee Titans. I got him taking Aziz. Uh, Ojalary. Thank you. Ojalary, linebacker from Georgia. This this class does have some mm-hmm. tough names to pronounce. I see the Titans linebacker in almost every mock draft. It's not always Ojalary. It might be somebody else, but. Number 23, the New York Jets. I got them taking um, Greg Newsom, cornerback from Northwestern. Northwestern so two Northwestern boys going in the first yeah. round. He's solid. Chicago's Big Ten football team. Yes, sir. Not Illinois. Definitely not football. <laughs> uh, number 24, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I got him giving some offensive line help for Big Ben and Wyatt Davis, offensive lineman from the Ohio State University. Number 25, Jacksonville Jaguars. I think I've had this guy here all three of my mock drafts. <laughs> Best safety in the draft, in my opinion, that's uh, Trevin Morig, uh, safety from TCU. 
Number 26, the Cleveland Browns. I got a, got them taking yet another Alabama guy. That's Christian uh, Barramore, defensive lineman. What was that make, like seven or eight Alabama guys? Yeah, quite a few. Number 27, Baltimore Ravens. In my first two mock drafts, I think I had them taking wide receiver here. I got them getting some edge rush in Jalen Phillips, edge out of the U. I think they'll be the team that trades for uh, Julio Jones next month. I could see a good, yeah, that could that could be a fit. Number 28, the New Orleans Saints, another team I've had previously taken wide receiver. I have them also taking edge rushers, an edge rusher, um, Jalen Owa from Penn State. Mm-hmm. Number 29, the Green Bay Packers. They need, they could use some offensive line help. They need, they need weapons. Yeah. Don't know if this guy's going to go in the first round, but I put him there just because I wanted to. That's Rondell Moore from Purdue. <laughs> I hope he falls to the Dolphins. I've seen him mocked there at 29. I've seen him mocked clear back at 60. Yeah. Don't think he slides a 60. No. But he was on Good Morning Football this morning, Info Network. Impressive uh, kid. The Buffalo Bills at number 30. Got him getting some defensive back help. And Asante Samuel Jr., cornerback from Florida State. Another player we saw that their dad playing when we were yeah. in high school. Yeah. Number 31, uh, Baltimore Ravens, newly acquired pick in a trade with the Kansas City Chiefs this past week. Sent Orlando Brown to the Chiefs in exchange for a couple picks. I got him getting, hey, Josh, another guy from Alabama. Shocker. Landon Dickerson, offensive lineman from Alabama. And at number 32 to wrap up my mock draft for 2021. It's been fun. Got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking Gregory Rousseau. Russo. Russo, yeah. Edge rusher, Miami, Florida. Good work. We'll see uh, how well you do. Don't feel show. good about it. <laughs> Hit me with that birdie bogey real quick because uh, I've thought about it during your mock draft. I think I have the four teams, but I'll probably be wrong. Well, let me bring up the sponsor real quick for the birdie bogey. I'll give you an extra few seconds. And the birdie and bogey is brought to you by, once again, by Noble Gnome LLC. Uh, let me see here. Pulled up the wrong file. J-Man, what four teams haven't drafted a quarterback in the first round in the last 27 drafts? 27. 27 drafts. I did the last 20. Um, New England Patriots? That is one. The last uh, quarterback the Patriots took in the first round was Drew Bledsoe out of Washington State. Um, Dallas Cowboys? Cowboys is another one. The last guy they took was Troy Aikman out of UCLA. Transferred to UCLA from Oklahoma. Um, New Orleans Saints. Saints, another one. Uh, Archie Manning. Really? Last quarterback they've taken in wow. the first round. I think this is it. I, I went division by division in each team thinking who they got. Seattle Seahawks. Nailed J-Man it. J-Man gets a birdie. Eagle. Rick Meyer. Eagle. I'm only one back. <laughs> no eagle, but that was impressive. Good job. Oh, Good job. Just kept, I kept going division yep. by division while you're doing your mock draft. Yep. Oh, I was thinking Minnesota. No, they took Christian Paul. You know, the, when I got it, I almost got stumped by the Cowboys because I couldn't remember if Quincy Carter was a first-round pick. I think he was second round. He, yeah, he was second or third round. Yeah. That Quincy Carter was still one of them that uh, I thought about. I'm like, hey, he wasn't first round. Yeah. Nailed it. Thanks for watching. But Patriots was the easy one. Yeah. Um, but when you said 27, I'm like, oh, crap. One was Bledsoe Saints, taken. I'm like, Breeze, Aaron Brooks. Yeah, I was thinking Aaron Brooks, but he wasn't a first-round guy. Um, Cowboys I thought was pretty easy. Yep. Yeah, good um, job, Jamie. I'm impressed. Yeah. 
Thanks for watching the Tan and J-Man Show. Um, Zach Davies has already given up about 20 hits to the Atlanta Braves as they're down 3 nothing with one out in the first inning. Oh, boy. Um, he ain't it. A uh, night on Twitter for the J-Man. It might be a night off of Twitter for the J-Man. It might be uh, smart. Have a great rest of the week, everybody. Enjoy watching the draft because Tanner and I will be. Um, have a great week. We'll see you next Monday. <laughs>